Hello and welcome to The Widow Podcast. I am your host, Karen Sutton, The Widow Coach. I am a widow, a mum, a health coach, a life coach and grief coach. I want to help you see that you really can create something truly meaningful after loss. You have everything you need within you and I want to help you find it so you can see how capable and amazing you really are. Helping you find a more positive way through your grief. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Widow Podcast. I have yet another wonderful lady joining me today. I'm really excited to introduce you to Julie New. Some of you may already know her, have heard of her. Um, she's very well known in the in the world of grief. Um, and has written a lovely book um, and, and does an awful lot to support people going through loss and change. Julie is a former nurse and midwife, like myself, bless her, <laughs> a personal recovery coach, author and well-being speaker. And she has come to join us today to tell us a little bit more about her own journey through loss and widowhood and what she does now to support others through their challenges in life. So Julie, hello, thank you so much for coming along and joining me today. Hello, Karen, a fellow sunflower. <laughs> I know, we love <laughs> our sunflowers, don't we? <laughs> yeah, we do, we do. Yeah, I don't know if you can see mine behind me. Thank you, Julie. It's a love, I remember spotting it the first time we spoke, I think, and I was like, I yeah. need one of those. <laughs> it's beautiful. <laughs> so, I always like to start really, Julie, with, you know, you sharing your story. Um, and I know it's a, it's a long one. <laughs> but... how, long, how long have we gone? <laughs> I'm, I'm sure you're, you're used to kind of sharing it with, with people. But yeah, I mean, if, that's a great place to start, really, is, is your story. Wow. Oh, my goodness. Well, where do I start? Um... And it's, it's actually interesting because I, I don't I don't talk about my story as much anymore. I think no. um, so. So, yeah, I think talking about my story today um, with you, it's it's going to be interesting for me as well, mm. actually. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, I may as well just start. I, I met I met my girl's dad um, when I was doing my nurse training. So a very, very long time ago. <laughs> Where, where a very, was that? very long time ago. Where did you do yeah. your training, Julie? So I did my training in Cambridge okay. at um, a hospital called Adam Brooks. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And yeah, they it was kind of quite a quite a well-known teaching hospital at the time. And but interestingly, there wasn't much of a social life for um student nurses, believe it or not, because obviously there's a big student population there, but but actually the nursing side. Um, so anyway, I, I decided I was going to get try young farmers in, in the local vicinity. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and I, I just met Richard there and uh, we really hit it off. And he just finished his um, kind of course. Um, I think it was his eight, I think it's called an HND in agriculture, um, which was in Bedfordshire. Yeah. And yeah we just we just hit it off and um but he didn't he didn't actually stay in in um, farming he went into into the police 
and I think that was that was the beginning of us beginning to drift drift apart um I won't go into the ins and outs of it all but um we were together 17 years in the end we had two beautiful girls and um but in the end it was it was right for me to leave that marriage and uh the best day of my life was the day I actually left him wow <laughs> I mean, I'll be honest with you you know it really was I remember driving away from the house guinea pigs in the in the in this box and I'd had to leave my dog behind which was really awful um he did come and join us in the end but um that that was really hard um and we we had a huge house but it wasn't a home anymore it wasn't you know just wasn't a home it was just a house so I didn't have any worries about leaving it and uh yeah I just remember leaving and just being so elated that I I'd managed to do this and to give myself that that opportunity I suppose to to begin my life um without you know all the trauma that had gone with my marriage so yeah and then if you fast forward to 2009 um I was in February the 25th and by that point we you know I'd um I'd met I then met my so who was to be my second husband uh, Rob at that point um he took being the girl's stepdad you know and their guardian really really seriously and uh we were so happy we were so happy and I just remember just bouncing out the door this morning and um I think 2009 we've got mobile phones haven't we and I got it my phone mobile phone started ringing and I treble booked myself that day I don't know how I'd done it but I was like thinking oh no how am I going to do this you know because I wasn't really thinking about about who was on the end of the phone when I picked the phone up and I just got to my car and bearing in mind um Rob was still in the house and he he wasn't feeling great um and Polly my youngest daughter my youngest daughter she had had uh, glandular fever quite badly so she'd actually been off off school for about three months at that point so I just left her in bed do you know what I mean mm-hmm. <laughs> like you do yeah anyway I was at my car and this voice at the end of the phone said is that um is that Julie Jones and I said yes and because that was my name at the time um she said uh I've got some really terrible news to tell you she said I'm ringing from the Royal Exeter Hospital and I I said, but I don't know anybody in Exeter. I don't, I don't you know, I, I think you might have the right. And she said, no, I have got the right, I've definitely got the right number and I've definitely got the right person. Um, she said, is anybody with you? And I, I said, no, I'm on my own. And she said, I've just got to tell you that um, this really terrible news that um, Richard Jones has died. Um, and it was just completely sudden. It was completely out of the blue. I was literally stood in the middle of the, of the road and I could just feel the tears just rolling down my cheeks. And I, and I say it now, that day will remain the worst day of my life. Um, I mean, something else might happen in the future, who knows, but t- to this point, it's, mm. it's the worst, it, it remains the worst day of my life. Um, because I knew from that moment, the impact that was going to have on our children. Mm. You know that I was going to have to tell them that tell them this awful news that you know um, was going to change their lives forever and ever. Mm. Um, 
and I just remember <laughs> stumbling about the the road. Luckily, there was no cars coming because I I I would have probably got knocked over myself. But um, I landed up next door, <clears throat> and I'd only just met her because she was um, anyway. She she took one look at me and said, "Come, you know, come in, in, in. Come on, come in, come in. Tea, tea. We need tea because, of course, tea's the thing. Yeah. Isn't it? You know, let's <laughs> make some tea." So she made some tea. I was still in a bit of a state. And uh, anyway, that was that was basically the, you know, how, how that happened. And um, yeah, we're coming up to 13 years since since that that day. So, wow. um, so how old were the girls at that point? So Polly, Polly had just that week turned 13. OK, um, so that was the last day she saw her dad was on her birthday. <clears throat> and she's actually got a tattoo. In fact, she, she, she won't mind me telling you this. She she's got a tattoo of what her dad wrote to her in that card, Aww. and it's just on her side with a. It's got like a an angel feather. Sort yeah. Of. Yeah. Oh bless her. So yeah, she she uh, she was she was thirteen just that week, and Amy was just sixteen. Um, and she was doing her GCSEs, so so she'd only just turned kind of sixteen, and yeah, um, yeah so she was at school at that day, um, so she'd gone to school, and so I actually stayed at this friend's house until the afternoon when my sister and my mum brought Amy home, um, and then I went into the house and obviously had to tell them tell them both, just the worst thing. Uh, mother has well, you to know do. you know you know as well mm. you know it's just yeah. you know Goodness. you can you remember how you what did you did you have that feeling of the girls and having to yeah because... it's it's the first thought well it was for me um mm. because I, I spoke to somebody recently and I had to kind of relive my my story a little bit you know in more detail and like you say you, you don't do it that often and um that there was that kind of what you know what happened when you were told and did you wail did you collapse did you cry and 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 I said no I very much went into a practical mode because it's your children you you kind of think what am I what am I going to do what am I going to say how how am I going to to navigate this Mm. and like you say knowing that it's going to to have an effect on them for the rest of their lives yeah yeah um and that's huge it it really is it really is and I but I think in retrospect I from the from the get-go you know I I I I was very focused on the fact that I just wanted to get them into their adult lives you know healthy healed and happy that was that was my my thing and you know today sitting here now I 100% have achieved that hundred percent um you know and it's been it's been very very a very very difficult journey and I, th- I think anybody that says it's not <laughs> yeah. They, yeah you know because 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 effectively you know the three of us were going on our own grief garden path you know yes. we all, because every because every path's unique isn't it absolutely yeah and you know we're, we're all gonna you know encounter emotions that are gonna knock us flying every now and again and you know but time and and, and at different times as well you know so so it's not just your own I mean 
I remember Rob saying to me, it's like you've lost your husband. And it, it genuinely was. There must have been, you know, in those early days, there must have been a deep love there because yeah. I genuinely did feel grief. I, I, I did. Mm. Um, I, I, I did. Yeah, if I'm completely honest. Of course. You know. Yeah. But yeah, I don't. Is it possible to, to to spend seventeen years of your life with someone and and have two children and and for whatever you go through, you know, um, that's a huge part of of your life, isn't it? Where you've you've experienced so much together and you've created so much together, and and even though you're not together as a couple anymore, there's still a future with you both in it for the children, isn't there? So yeah. you know, as much as you're not a a couple there's still a lot to share there isn't there um although well you're you're absolutely right although I hadn't spoke I, I actually hadn't spoken to him for two years mm. I was very cross about something very yeah. cross indeed mm. yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 and but I don't I again I don't regret that you no. know because something happened and and I I just remember just saying all right drawing a line under this you know mm. I can't I can't and, and actually, the girls had two years with their dad without us, you know, in, a, in any, any kind of mm-hmm. animosity. Yeah, yeah. Because you know, I just stopped it. I just thought, no, I can't, I can't have you being like that with me anymore. No. Um, so but he, was, he was an amazing dad, you uh-huh. know. Yes, you can't take that away from him. What, so how did <laughs> you deal with, with, I mean, did that bring up guilt, for you no. in, in your grief you you were happy no. with the choices that you'd made and yeah. you didn't sort of give yourself that hard time 100 percent, 100 percent. yeah no yeah. not at all yeah. no I'd, I'd worked through a lot of stuff so no. so were you a were you a, a grief coach at this point or were you still nursing um yes I yeah well no I wasn't a grief coach I'm not a grief coach actually I I help people after difficult and sometimes mm. traumatic life change. So, yes. but I, but I, I help them when they are ready. They've done that work on the path behind them, and they're just yeah. ready then mm-hmm. to get really stable on their stepping stone before they go into the next chapter. Mm. So, and I've been doing that. I was doing that from about 2006 when I started Changes Forever, my business, my work. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, and I, oh, I was going really well, Karen. It was going mm. so well. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, I, honestly, I, I just had this amazing event um, because the kind of people that I tend to work with are really lovely. They're kind, they're caring, they're compassionate. They have a deep empathy for others. They're very sensitive people. And with that, we feel things very deeply. So it often takes us that little bit longer, I think, to kind of get get back on a, an even keel again mm. and it's quite easy if you don't do the work isn't it to yeah. to kind of go keep going around in a circle mm. and going back into therapeutic work whereas actually it's it's you know yeah. and I, I guess if I'm yeah I guess if I think about it most well all of the work actually there's an element of grief that somebody's gone through whether it's a divorce a separation just, a bereavement yeah. illness disability yeah you know, whatever it is. So I suppose you could call me a grief coach, but I, people tend to generally think about grief yes. as saying Through death somebody's died, yeah. you know, whereas actually it's not always the case. It, you know, it can be, it can be the death of a, you know, it could be the death of a, you know, marriage or mm. you know, whatever. Um, where was I going with that? <laughs> 
I love it. You're just like me. You kind of like, what was I? Why, where was I here taking this? Yeah, what, what was I actually saying then? <laughs> yeah. I was saying that did your because did you did obviously you weren't a grief coach, but did your your work in that area did that help you through the, the loss at that time? No, no, I don't think it did because I had to, well. Well, in what in what respect do you mean just like carrying on ha- carrying on working or well, ha- well having the or, tools I suppose to support yourself oh yes through yeah. it oh no hundred percent yeah hundred percent mm. and and I and I I've always been a great believer that you know if you you know finding the right support is really important so mm. so I think I at the time I found this I'd I'd had some counselling um, with this amazing counsellor called Linda Danvers who I've I don't know how many people I've recommended to Linda <laughs> over the years, but anyway, she's just a marvel. Um, and I think I rang her and I think I went and had a couple of hours with her, and you know, that, that sort of thing. And um, yeah, I, th- I think, and I, and I think as well, had I at that point? Yeah, I had. Um, I'd started thinking about life as being a bit like a garden and, you know, so I'd started to, think about actually we have needs don't we what do I need Mm. at this point and I yeah probably I I I did give myself well even asking yourself that question I think is is quite powerful isn't it because I I think it's 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 not a question we ask ourselves enough so I I think that just shows that there was there was something within you that wanted to to you wanted to nurture yourself through it by sort of exploring what you needed yeah, I think I think with with Richard's death, I think less, maybe less so because I felt very responsible for mm. um, the girls and his parents. Actually, they didn't cope very well. Um, his partner, who went on to be a chief inspector actually in the police, she mm. she did really well. She she gave the girls the option. I'd never met her before he died, so. Mm. Um, so that was that was really nice because she was really fantastic. Um, but I actually had to stop working um, for about a year. Mm, mm. I literally had to stop because a I couldn't have done my work. I couldn't, um, and also I just had to be there for the girls, you know. And yeah, but but d- yeah, I guess yeah, I would say probably, mm. you know, my my philosophy and my ethos and and you know I I think I think I do walk my talk yes and and do you think that was (laughs) reflected to you know within the girls and how they then sort of navigated their grief for their dad did you do you think they sort of learned and and drew from your strength your your wisdom oh yeah I mean they both say that now um (laughs) I, I think I gave them the opportunity to be however they, they needed to be. And um, I got them the support and the help that they needed at that, at that point in time. Um, there's a really good um, blog, actually, on my website called Nigel. And that, that would give, if anybody wants to go and look at that, um, it's, it's all about the little dog that I got for Polly when she was 18. Um, and really up until that point, she was, you know, what, what the words I can use. She she was so angry for so long. You know, um, as we know, anger can be an emotion that comes up um, and it can come out of the blue. It can come out of nowhere. And 
you know, I had things lobbed at me on a regular basis. I had, you know, all sort. she was, and I, and I, I, I suppose, yes, I did. And I, I did pull on my own analogy in that I put this garden fence around her and I slowly saw that little girl come back. But if, if, you know, you, you know, I look at, I look at, you, you hear about stabbings and all sorts of things in, you know, across the world. And I just think usually there's some kind of root cause to, violence and uh, in young young adults and I think it's often the root is something bad that's happened to them and I think that's the only reason that Polly didn't land up in big trouble I mean I remember I remember one of Richard's colleagues turning up on the doorstep in you know police mm. and you know <laughs> it's like ah oh my oh, I, I won't tell you what I said but it was, it was like, <laughs> It's like, really, oh. really, oh. you know, this is really bad. So, yeah, so very, very distracted for a long time with um, with her. Um, Amy, not so much. Amy's, I would say, is probably more like me. She's more easygoing. She's more laid back. She's more open about her emotions. OK, I think it's often often the people who are not open about that. They, they feel they feel expressing their emotions difficult. Yeah, they're the ones that we have to watch, and they're the ones that that often need a little bit more support, mm, mm, um, and mm. but often don't get it because they they push it away and they you know they they just bury their heads and yeah you know but yeah. but now you should see her now my goodness me she's Aww. she's just yeah she's what, she's an yeah. auntie now as well oh that's lovely yeah, she love she loves her being an auntie oh bless you yeah. <laughs> and, is, and she's she's still got nigel <laughs> yeah yeah we've still got nigel yeah yeah, yeah. and she didn't she's she's uh, she, she, have you got nigel we've got nigel she, yeah got nigel. <laughs> of course yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh it's so funny she'll ring up and she'll say can i come and get him oh and I'm like, yeah she, come and get him because yeah, he <laughs> she works full-time so you know we'll let her off and uh, we, so, we both work here yeah so that's that's easy so you know, from your experience, then obviously you had two teenagers when their when their dad died. What I mean, what kind of advice would you give someone who's trying to maybe support a grieving child that's maybe showing anger, anger, holding it in, doesn't maybe know how to express their emotions or, or deal with the loss? Is is there, you know, just kind of maybe one or two things that you kind of go, I know you can't solve all their problems, but just that really sort of called out to you of this this kind of is, is what's really needed in, in these moments I I think you have to be very honest with them mm. personally um I, I would tell Polly that I would always love her and I think they always need to know that they're loved no matter what they do mm. you know that's that's really really important but I used to say to her sometimes I, I absolutely love you but I don't like you right now. Mm. And I think, that, and she, she says that occasionally now, she says, I can't believe you, you know, but actually they, they still need to know that they've overstepped a boundary or they've overstepped a mark mm. because if they're just left free reign and, and, and actually again, you know, the, the watering you analogy is so important for, for anybody that's listening and you're experiencing that because 
you know, with a child because it's draining, you know, literally the bottom of your watering cans just like drain. Because if your child's unhappy and your child's not, not, not firing on all cylinders, you won't be either mm. because it's just, it's just a fact, isn't it? So really basic watering of you, you know, eat, sleep, breathe, repeat, bit of exercise if you can, you know, that type of thing, just to keep yourself going because it, it's, it can be constant and it can go on for a long, long time. You know, I had, I had years of it. Mm-hmm. And so anybody that listening that, that has that, you know, I hope that I'm giving some hope that eventually it's worth it. It's worth sticking in there and it's worth kind of keeping going mm-hmm. because, it, you know, they come out okay in the end yeah generally generally yeah yes you're right you know there's no hard and fast rule is there and it you know it's it's different for everyone and we're, we all do yeah. this in our own unique way but yeah but but yeah I think I think you know I love you so always tell them always tell them that they're, they're loved because mm. they need to know that because because often it's because they don't feel good about themselves anymore they feel that they're just feeling so awful within themselves the other thing that I think is really, really key is to find the right support. Mm. So whether that's a peer support group or um, in Polly's case, um, I had a very specialist um, psychotherapist in London mm. see her um, for, for a period of time. Um, and then she, then in her school, she actually had a counsellor for almost three years. Mm. And then when she left school, she carried on seeing her every now and again. So I think as long as they've got an outlet, because it might not be you that they want to talk, they can talk to. I think that's that's the point. You know, it's it's finding them an outlet, somebody that they can speak to in confidence mm-hmm. and, and and and, you know, make them. Make, I always used to make Polly feel as though she didn't have to tell me everything. I didn't need to know everything. Yeah. Didn't need to know. I just, I'm, I'm just there, you know, to. And, and I suppose the third thing would be, you know, just provide a, a safe environment for them, you know, mm. and mm. and hide the remote control. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they can't throw it at you. That was her weapon of that was her weapon of choice. <laughs> I did I did a it's really funny actually. I did a talk. Um, I did a talk once um, for the charity um, break. I don't know if you've heard of. I have heard of them. Yes. Yeah, they've got an arm called um, Sudden. And uh, so it was about um, bereavement in children. And it was just after the Ariana Grande concert. And they asked me if I'd do the inspirational bit of telling my girl's story. And I thought, oh, so I was like going around sort of because before any kind of talk, I always I always go around picking stuff up and thinking, oh, I'll take that with me. I'll take that with me. And I, I, I just happened upon this and um, the very last remote control I ever bought that was still in its pack. And uh, I took it with me and I. So I used it as a, as a bit of an example. <laughs> yeah, so and duck, learn to duck. Yeah. <laughs> Quickly. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard. It's hard, isn't it? But it sounds like you've given them the, the love and the support they, they needed. And I think, you know, I would agree with, with what you're saying. I think children need to feel safe and, and loved. Um and it's it's reminding them of of that, isn't it? That even when they're being horrible. Yeah, that's it. Exactly. Oh, I've just had a memory. Oh, oh, Polly, I'm just trying to. Oh, that's right. She, because of course, I told you didn't I? She was she'd been quite poorly mm. with glandular fever, 
um, which then went into uh, ME. And then she also, both of my girls actually now have been diagnosed with the same heart condition as their dad. Wow. Um, so she'd had a quite a lot going on, but she decided she was going to take herself off to Juicy Oasis in Portugal. And she's been five times now to this, this place. And um, Neil and I, this is, must be about, I don't know, four or five years ago. Um, she'd gone off to, to Juicy, as she calls it. And uh, she, we, we needed to do something with her bedroom. Um, we were going to redecorate it for her while she was away. And we were going to put nice new bedding on and, you know, do different things. And do you know what we found under her bed? Her dad's washing powder. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. bless her. So, so she, was, what was she using it for the, the, the scent? Don't know. Don't Probably, know. Yeah, yeah. Although there was no scent left, no, I don't think, at that point. But she, so we, we actually put, then there was some, a couple of other, other bits as well. And mm. we just landed up, we put them somewhere safe for her. And then there was a poem that she'd, she'd copied out and, uh, so we, we've had that framed for her and we had pictures of her dad framed. And so it was more for her, um, something that she could just feel yes. comfortable with and yes. happy with. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. But yeah, it just came, just came into my head. And the other, yeah. the other thing that we got, and, I, and again, you know, another, maybe another top, not top tip, but, you know, we're all, we're all so different. <clears throat> and Amy never wanted, um, any jewellery but Polly did mm. and for her 21st birthday so for her 18th I got her Nigel mm. <laughs> and then uh, for her 21st I got her this beautiful um, um, ashes into glass yeah um, you know pendant which was in, set in white gold and it it was you know I always know if she's feeling a little bit dodgy because she wears it um, and, it, and in fact as her sister was coming up to having her baby she was wearing it a lot oh bless her. and I, I just knew that it was bringing her yeah. some comfort yeah 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 and and it's funny isn't it we we all need something I think don't we that that does that for us and and again it's different for us all but you yeah. know having ashes turned into something that they can have on them um can, can bring a lot of comfort can't it and, and that yeah. connection I suppose feeling yeah. that they've got them them with them yeah so you, you kind of touched on the fact that you'd met Rob um yeah so <laughs> yeah so obviously this had happened with with Richard um you'd taken some time off work and and, and you were now with Rob yeah. um so tell us about about, about Rob oh my goodness Oh gosh. Um, well, if anybody wants to hear this, hear our our love story, it's actually in my first book, um, oh. which is called "Who Are the Flowers in Your Garden?" And um, he was just a complete inspiration. I mean, to anybody that met him, um, he had a motorsport accident when he was thirty-two. Um, just came off his bike midair, and the bike came and snapped him in two. So when I when I met him ten years later. He was already paralysed from mid-chest. Mm -hmm. But I never saw the chair, actually. I never saw it because he was just such a, I don't know, he's just, 
he was just the loveliest person. He really was. He he was just hilarious. And uh, we just laughed, even on our really bad days. And he we had some bad, not bad days, as in bad days, but yeah, as in um, his his health in the last sort of four years we were together. Um, we still laughed. I mean, all the nurses used to say, you know, and in fact, when he when he passed away, um, they they said, you know, what an inspiration we were as a couple because Aww. we just used to, I don't know, I used to. D- <laughs> he he went into hospital in the July of 2012, and um, he was in for, well, he died he died on the November the eighth. And I was there every day with him. Um, and I'd go home every day as well, because of course I had the girls and um, yeah. Um, and yeah, I just, yeah. and at that point, actually, I remember thinking, I have to take good care of myself here. You know, I, I'd go home, I'd have a shower, I'd have a, perhaps sleep for an hour and then I'd go back again. Mm. Um, but yeah, that, that very last kind of, um, yeah, even the very last day, actually, we was, I don't think we laughed on the last day because he wasn't particularly conscious at that point. But <clears throat> even the even the professor on the Monday when they had to stop dialysis, he, he was sobbing and I was having to support him because everybody loved him so much. So, yeah, he was he was a really special guy. And, and I, I wouldn't change for a minute the time that we had together. How long did you have together? Eight years. Eight years. So in this time, the girls had obviously developed quite a bond with him as well. Oh, 100%, yeah. yeah. And, and how long, sort of before he died, had you known he was going to die? Didn't. I never, um, do you know what? I people. Some people have asked me that. I, I mean, the hospital knew, the the staff, you know, they, they all knew that eventually... But, the, but everybody battled for him. Mm. Everybody battled because it wasn't it wasn't cancer. It wasn't, you know, something that he had a very rare uh, condition called amyloidosis. I don't think you've ever heard of it. No. Um, it's yeah. I mean, I'd, I'd, I'd never heard of it either. I mean, I've been nursing donkey's years and mm. never heard of it. But it's it's like a protein. If you get an infection, it it's like it this protein is released and then it kills certain organs and his was his were always his kidneys so when I met him he'd already had a kidney transplant so in fact the thing he was most embarrassed about was this herniated <laughs> fistula site which was on his, oh, on his on wrist his, yeah yeah, yeah. and yeah. I remember saying to him oh so what's that you know and he was like oh uh, um you know oh oh uh because and 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 actually he he knew himself, I think, that he would eventually not be here anymore. But right. I, I, I always had hope that, you know, that he would, he would always get better and come home. And mm. um, but he, he didn't that time. And yeah, and but I did feel very much that he flew free of his body. Really, absolutely, I do. I, I, I almost felt it. Yeah. Wow. Was, was did he die at home or in, in a hospice? In a hospice. Hosp- hospital. In a hospital. Yeah. yeah with see. with ironically. So she was a nurse. So there's a nurse that we called our angel nurse, and he she had known Rob longer than me. 
she'd actually been one of his district nurses event originally and then she'd become an, a sister on the on the renal ward <clears throat> and she didn't do night duty I mean what was that all about wow you know she actually came on the night shift oh. had no idea no wow. idea at all. mad isn't it so so you felt like he had quite a peaceful releasing death almost yeah yeah definitely definitely and he, he think- died he died he died literally in my arms and oh, bless you. you know it was very very peaceful um yeah that that set me on my my journey really of of grief and and how did you sort of navigate that for yourself obviously you you've lost Richard at this point I mean you know not comparing because every loss is different but had you learned anything from Richard's death that could sort of you could use to reflect upon here I don't know whether I I could compare the two really because I feel I do feel that the grief I suffered, I think I, I always say this, with great love comes great grief. Mm-hmm. And I really went on a, a journey of grief myself. Yeah. Um, I think with the girl, I think with, with, with Richard, it was more, I went on that journey with the girls more than myself. Mm-hmm. This, this was my own journey. And the girls were, it was like they came on the journey with me. And they, I mean, they absolutely adored Rob, don't get me wrong. And you know, they they grieved his loss, but I think I I I certainly experienced every single emotion I could possibly. I think any you know I think I think and I think it's important to explore all of those emotions, and I think you know as they come along, you know, and also to allow yourself to eventually, you know, because now. I mean, I'm, we're 10 years on now. Um, and it, I would say it, it took me a good six, seven years to, to really, you know, begin to find who on earth I was, you know, mm. again. Yeah. You know, who, who am I? Yeah. You know, in all, in all of that. <laughs> How did you go about discovering that? Well, I think I think my dog Ben started it. He, he got me out of the house on walks. He he busted his cruciate ligament on Friday night. Poor Ben. So we're we're just going on walks around the garden at the moment because oh. he's ten. He's ten going on. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's, he's ten now. Um, he slept with me every night. Um, he slept with me last night actually because because Neil wasn't here. <laughs> so so Neil's your your third husband yeah honestly everybody I honestly in a million years I didn't think I'd ever get married three times not gonna well never say never but I'm not gonna do it again I can't I can't couldn't face that poor Neil though he you know oh dear (laughs) he's an I never ever again thought I would meet anybody as special as Rob but I really have I've been so blessed and so lucky you know, to meet a man who is strong enough to withstand all of that stuff that we've we've been through, because you know, it, it's it's like a bag, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> a very large bag. It is. 
Yeah, and it's not a Louis Vuitton, is it? It's no, a... <laughs> it's not. <laughs> I don't know what kind of bag it is, but it's, it's like really a boulder not a <laughs> full of rubble. <laughs> I mean, he, he was actually he was in the army for twenty three years, so I suppose he's got quite broad shoulders. And, you know, I suppose it would be like one of his army army rucksacks. <laughs> was was it hard for you, sort of allowing yourself to love again after what you'd been through? Was yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. Yeah. And, I, and in fact, the person that introduced us, she she was on such a mission because she just knew that we would get on so well. And she knew that we both had been through a lot and that we deserved to be so happy. And so she was very persistent, Karen. She was. But I was very resistant. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, no, 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 no. This isn't happening. Um, and then, then in the end, resistance is futile with this particular person. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, so it's quite funny, really. But yeah, I know I would say it's, it, I think it's very easy to miss probably meeting somebody else or allowing yourself to love again because mm. it's, it's, you know when you've had that great love before it's it's it can be a risk can't it in some respects you know but but actually I'm really glad I took I took the uh you know yeah I did it because because I I'm I, you know I feel very I just do I, I feel very very lucky and yeah you just got to be brave haven't you I think so. And I think it's 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 a journey in its own right, isn't it? Finding love again. It's it's not a cure-all or a, a solution no. to your heartache or your problems. No. It doesn't take everything away. And I do think it takes somebody very, very special. I really do to mm. open their heart to you and allow you to bring that bag with you because you're not <laughs> leaving it behind are you you know that no. this has shaped who you are yeah. um these people are part of your journey that there's still a relationship there's still a connection there that you you know it's it's not something you want to walk away from it's something you want to carry forwards with you and i think finding someone that respects that and honors that um it, it does take it does take some somebody very very special with a with a huge yeah. heart I think yeah to, to yeah. you know for them I don't think I you know, as much as I think it's difficult for us to navigate a new relationship I think it's difficult for somebody you, you know wanting to create a relationship with us I think it's hard for them um knowing where they fit in how yeah. to, to yeah. well to you, can ima- you can imagine all can imagine neil at the moment because he's he's become a uh, a granddad effectively yes. um it's unlikely that he will be a granddad to you know his son um okay. uh, you know if he if, well if he has children obviously that mm. that would be different but it's unlikely um and um yeah it, for him it was it was just the other day actually uh roman he i mean he's three and a half months old now and he was amy just gave him to him and the next thing he we knew he was he was just chatting to him and he and after he'd gone he said ah he said he's 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 got in there (laughs) (laughs) he's wormed his way in (laughs) 
yeah he's there and he was sitting there um holding him the other day and, and he was just like doing little jabs with his little hands and, and they were having a bit of a laugh together Aww. and yeah it's, it's really lovely so he's going to be called uh gramps oh that's lovely yeah well he was going to be called grumps but um <laughs> yeah i know it's quite funny um yeah he's going to be called gramps though so i think <laughs> Manny and gramps <laughs> <laughs> or nanny and grubs on a bad day <laughs> oh, well, yeah. yeah yeah but yeah oh, oh. but yeah it's it, you know it takes it take it does take somebody special I think to to take on that role and you know mm. to take it take it seriously mm. because you know in in all of that I think any any difficult situation you know it's how it's handled it's who you meet on that journey it's you know it's it's you have to you have to navigate it and be um word respectful I think yes yes hugely respectful um and 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 that's a big ask of someone isn't it really well I think we have to be respectful of of them and you know yeah I think the girls are more are more respectful of him now Mm. um I think they're beginning to realize how much you know yeah he's, he's given them I mean yeah. he's I tell you what he's put, well he didn't like well you know we were saying about loving Polly <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't loving her much at four o'clock one morning <laughs> out of the gutter um after she'd come out of this nightclub oh no <laughs> he was still there he was there yeah. he was there he was still there so so sort of going back then uh-huh. to, to kind of you know you being a, a young widow after Rob had died what what about your grief I mean was that was there anything in it that that surprised you that you didn't expect that you know we all I think we all have these ideas perceptions of grief whether we've suffered it or not suffered it in terms of how we think we'll respond how long it lasts how it affects us and and all that kind of stuff so so we've got all these preconceived ideas almost um but was for you was there anything that you you kind of didn't expect or that took longer than you thought it would what what was it like for you yeah there's a couple of things that have just popped into my head the first one was anger Mm. because I think anger I'm not an angry person Mm. at all I just not and I was so angry with somebody for about a year Mm. really (laughs) oh my goodness I I, I was on I was on a I mean I was angry about something you know quite justified but it was it went to another level Mm. you know Mm. you know it, it just went to another level and and then it's a bit like with Polly actually just one day she went she went to pick up the remote control put it back down again and that was it. She wasn't in that angry place anymore. Mm. Um, I had a client actually whose whose daughter was exactly the same um, very recently, um, and she did the same thing. She didn't use remote control. I think it was something else, but mm. <laughs> mm. but I think I was the same as well. I, I just one day suddenly it was like the mist cleared, and I I didn't have that awful inside inside me anymore and the second thing I would say because my my younger brother died last year um I'd say last year was the first year 
I genuinely felt really good and I felt so great and I was really on a you know with my work everything was just going really really well and then my brother goes and dies in in June and that put me on another Mm. kind of not well it gave me another experience that's for sure um because actually I've now learned that you can lose somebody and it can be a relief. Um, but I had a lot to do with mm. sorting because I was his acting next of kin and I had to sort a lot of lot of his menagerie of birds out. Karen, I did. Wow. <laughs> yeah. They're all up the road, actually. They're all up here. And actually, what's really lovely, he had some lovebirds. Um, that was just two of them. Rio and Kia. And they went to, they eventually, my mum and dad decided they, they couldn't keep them. And um, so they went to the Avery uh, nearby where we live here. Um, and they'd laid hundreds of eggs wow. over years. They've now, no, no, but none of them had ever hatched. I went down there the other day and they said to me, Julie, you're a nanny again. I was like, what? What are you talking about? And they said, yeah. They said, um, they've had, they've actually hatched four eggs. So Aww. there's like this, I don't know. There's just so many lovebirds in there now, and his oh. quail are in there, and they've got his silky chickens in another area, and oh my goodness, yeah. So, yeah. so yeah, I, I, I feel as though I'm really back as me again now, mm. and mm. and that feels really really good because that hasn't I haven't felt like that for a very very long time. Um, I've been able to work for the last three years, and of course I've written. I wrote my second book and mm. but I, I'd say now I I do feel as though things are you know so so what I kind of kept you going in that time where obviously you, you know you'd lost your husband and you were trying to navigate that um start a new relationship you, you know and not really knowing who you were maybe a, a little bit at times what 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 was the driving force for you to to kind of want to find happiness again and create something even though it was taking so long you know because I'm sure with you and with me I speak to many clients and and it's the length of time it takes in grief isn't it you know and because it changes so much it affects every corner of our universe and and we we're different our lives are different and sometimes it can feel so overwhelming we don't know where to start and is it ever going to feel good nice again like you know who you are and, and like you can say do you know what it's it's okay again it's a different okay but it's okay um for you you, you what kept you going in that to, to want to get to this point where it does kind of feel okay it's a really good question I think I think it is literally just putting one foot in front of the other. Mm. I think, I think, and, and then and realizing that sometimes you're going to go backwards mm. and that, you know, but eventually the sun will shine again. Mm. And it's, it's, it's allowing yourself to recognize the little glint, glints of sunshine coming through. Yeah. Isn't it? Yeah. And it's, and then, you know, that gets brighter and then all of a sudden you're, you know, like, okay, it's really strange that I've come out here actually to Hope HQ to do this because 
I was going to stay inside because of the dog, but then I thought actually the dogs, you know, oh, anyway, I just, <laughs> I just thought, no, I'm going to come out here. You know, I look out here at, you know, my, well, I'm going to look now. You know, I, what more could I want really? Mm. You know, what more could I want? And I've got the, got the girls nearby, you know, they're, they're happy, you know, it's, but it has taken a long, long period of time. Um, but I think it's just about allowing yourself to, to go on that journey. You can't go under it. You can't go around it. You can't mm. go over it. In the end, you have to go through it. You can't avoid it. Yes. And the longer, yeah. and the more you try and avoid it, the longer it takes. Yeah. Yes. And, you know, and you've, you've got, you have got to find the right person to help you on that journey. If that's what, if that's what it you know takes you know it's friends it's it's all sorts of things you know it's learning about you know what you need and mm. I suppose that's what I've done all the way through you know and you know that's that's why I'm able to to kind of do do what I do now and yeah. you know support others yeah yeah it's in in terms of your your experiences with with loss, I mean, I I always think that they teach us a lot about many things. For you, what would you say your your biggest sort of learnings have be been through through your experiences of loss? How strong we are as human beings, I think. Mm. You know, um, but we are human. We are yeah. we are only human after all aren't yeah, we we are you know yeah. and we and we do we do all have needs and physical mental emotional spiritual if you if you want to go down that road um I do um I think I think my faith actually I think has helped help me yeah. you know a lot on that on that journey mm. um but I think if you if you can learn and I, and I think learning what you need and giving yourself those things it helps on that journey yes and and I and I love that Julie because I think you're so right it, it we you know I often say to people you've almost got to unlearn everything that you, you knew up to that point and, and relearn a different way because because I think you experience the world in a very different way afterwards and it's discovering what that way is for you you, you know what works what feels good what brings you some comfort some joy some hope and and yeah. kind of you know you've got to you've got to try different things haven't you to to find that and it's not always easy the answers don't come quickly but like you say small steps taken sort of consistent consistently over time yeah. lead to, to great big leaps don't they and and we yeah. can find new ways of, of being and and creating something meaningful um yeah. You've got to kind of keep going, and and also also allowing yourself to stop every now and again to enjoy yes. the view. Yes, you know. <laughs> Do you know? I don't think I've ever. Had... That's, that's what I've done just now. Yes. To be honest, I'm just looking, and I just just stop, take a breath, you know, and because sometimes the road does seem long, doesn't it? You look ahead and the road just seems so long and overwhelming and bumpy and treacherous and stormy. And you, you, you know, and it's like in those moments when you think you can't go on, I always, I always kind of say, just, just stop, 
just breathe and just take a look at where you are and recognize that appreciate that you know however hard it is and 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 then start again when when you can um it's 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 a balance isn't it i think of, of both yeah. so obviously all of this now you've you've sort of touched on your your books a little bit julie and and the fact that you know what you do what um i mean how can people find you how do you support people how can they get your books what would what are your books what what do they offer um i mean i've heard great things about them read some lovely reviews um so that people can can find them for themselves yeah so well the best thing to do is to go to my website to be honest um which is julienew.co.uk um and now there is a shop on there um so you can go to the shop and you can buy the books there. Um, they come gift wrapped, which I just think it's really important that they arrive nicely. <laughs> so anyway, so um, yes, the stuff's gift wrapped. And the, the comfort boxes that we're, we're creating are, they include a copy of my book. Um, they've got pla- a plaque, which usually has, um, a message in we can personalize those so so that's really nice um yeah we we've got a baby loss uh, comfort box now called olivia grace um because in the grief garden path there are nine stories um and the baby the loss of a loved baby um is olivia grace so um sarah we asked if her permission to um call the box after her um so yeah we've got pink the pink rose comfort box and we've got a forget me not box and uh yeah it's it's nice i'm i'm really proud of those because i just think you, sometimes people just don't know what to say do they mm-hmm. and and actually it's a really lovely lovely mm-hmm. thing you know whether it's a year on or you know when mm-hmm. when somebody's bereaved because the thing with with this is that you can just keep it close it's not something you just read and you put on the shelf you can you can it's a coffee table gift book so you know you can just pick it up as and when you you know can ask it a question should we ask it a question Hang ask on. it a question okay I'll ask it a question right what do we want to know oh that's interesting so there's golden nuggets of wisdom on shared by each person and this particular person is Ian so he says talk to someone you trust open that pandora's box it must come out eventually probably he says probably talk to someone sooner than i did (laughs) although as julie says it might be the right it it must be the right time to open the box and begin talking about things exercises help me both physically and mentally it could help you keep something that means something to you related to your loved one and then he just talks about his brother's toy soldiers um, which I had Ill- illustrated for him um, and then his Amy's story as well so I think yeah I mean there's blogs on my website there's um, you know information about the work that I do uh, one-to-one with people mm-hmm. and I'm doing more work more and more work in the workplace as well so um, with well-being in the workplace so important yeah so yeah. important so yeah 
Well, that's wonderful. I just, your story is, is incredible. You've come such a long way and I, and I know what you do now just means so much to so many, you know, I hear so many wonderful things. I read so many good things and obviously just Aww. knowing you, I know what a beautiful soul you are. Yours, I'll never, you sent me a card. I think after the first time we spoke, reminding me to look after me and, and water my own garden and and I always keep that close by and I and I often think of you Julie so it it really does help you know your words do stick before we go what yeah. would your golden nuggets of wisdom be to a widow struggling with her grief right now what would what would be your little sort of just just to help them through a little give Karen a call give Karen <laughs> I love it. <laughs> and then eventually come and see me. <laughs> yeah. No, so, no, in all seriousness, you know, it's it's finding, it's, it's genuinely finding mm. what, what it's reaching out and it's finding something that's going to help you. Mm. And, you know, and I and I would say if, you know, if somebody's very newly bereaved, you know, the the really real basics eat sleep breathe repeat yeah. um and, and the watering you you know there's a whole chapter in the grief garden path um mm. all about that and you know it yeah there's there's so much help out there um so don't don't think you're on your own either because mm. you're really not you feel like it don't you 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 feel very very alone in it even if you're surrounded by yeah. people but you're right there there is support out there and and wherever you you know you want to find that that feels right I, I agree with you we, we are we cannot heal in isolation we're, we're not meant to do these things on our own and, and I mm. think you know it's through our connections with others and whether that's people you've already got in your life or you need to find your, your support group your tribe but you know then get out there find them connect with people um and like I say you may not find them straight away but just by going through the process of looking you, you will eventually get to the person that you need yeah. to get to so Julie thank you so much for sharing your story with us today and, and your words of wisdom I'm sure it would have helped so many and I will put all your details on on the show notes um so that people can find you there but obviously your website has got it all and that's julienew.com co.uk yeah brilliant and on social media um and oh and if anybody could just follow um the grief garden path um i've got different platforms for it um because i've got a bit of a mission i've got a bit of a goal with that because i just want it to reach as many people as possible so yes yeah it's really important to me that it does that so and that's and a a donation goes to the good grief trust from from the book so oh, any sale lovely. and that's that's the grief garden path on instagram yeah. is it okay um on instagram and twitter now only from like yesterday brilliant and also facebook fab okay bless you julie thank you so much again and um i'm sure we'll hear from you again very soon <laughs> thank Take you care. karen thank Bye. you Thank you so much for listening today on The Widow Podcast. If you would like to find out more about how I can help you, please visit my website, www.karensutton.co.uk. I would love to help you find your way forward to a brighter future.
So get in touch, let's have a conversation and let's help you take back control and find a more positive way through your grief. I look forward to hearing from you.